Hello everyone, Pastor Kurt here. So on Sunday, I preached on Psalm 23, verse 2, and Isaiah chapter 49, verses 8 through 12. And I talked a little bit about um, how God leads us into uh, green pastures and beside the still waters, and that how uh, sin in our lives tends to um, uh, corrupt and pollute the pastures that we live in, and how God seeks to um, help us uh, you know, reconstitute the places in which we find ourselves through love and good deeds. And so um, this sermon was recorded on a Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditation of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. A reading from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 8 through 12. The Lord said, At the right time I answer you. On a day of salvation I helped you. I have guarded you and given you as a covenant to the people to restore the land and to reassign deserted properties, saying to the prisoners, come out, and to those in darkness, show yourselves. Along the roads, animals will graze, their pasture will be on every treeless hilltop. They won't hunger or thirst, the burning heat and sun won't strike them because one who has compassion for them will lead them and will guide them by springs of water. I will turn all my mountains into roads. My highways will be built up. Look, these will come from far away. Look, these from the north and west and these from the southland. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today we continue our Lenten series, our, The Lord, Our Shepherd, by looking at verse 2 of Psalm 23. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And I love this verse because it brings to mind um, some of the most peaceful moments in my life. Um, moments when um, I found that I connected with God on, on a, just a completely different level. The first moment that comes to mind for me um, is in the first half of Psalm 23, verse 2, which talks about green pastures. And it comes to mind for me this last summer, actually. And uh, remember the, the summer or the winter before we had so much snow. And I remember how much we grumbled about some of that snow. But uh, as that snow entered into the ground and then we had some wonderful rain in the spring, um, I just remember last summer how green everything was. Do you remember that? How green all of our pastures were? And they were green for a good portion of the summer before everything started to turn brown. And I just remember all of the, the, the trips that I took um, hiking out in the sand hills up at uh, Fort Robinson and um, along, the, uh, um, along the lake uh, up north and just all the different places that I went, uh, Shadron State Park and and going up on top of those plateaus and looking out over the grassland and just seeing that beautiful green grass swaying in the breeze and, and just feeling the breath of God on my skin and just how peaceful it was to see out over that, that ground which was so full of drought the year before and how it was lush and vibrant and life-giving. 
There was peace in that moment. The other moment that comes to mind for me related to the second half of verse 2. He leads me beside the still waters. And I remember a moment uh, camping with my dad. I was around 14 years old. You may have heard this story before, and I'm sorry if you've heard it again, but uh, you know, it's meaningful to me. We, we were camping up in uh, Custer State Park, and uh, we decided to go uh, fishing one morning really early in, at Bismarck Lake. And we got up before the sun came up, and uh, my dad had this little two-seater uh, boat with a trolling motor on the, on the end of it. And so we, we got up, we went uh, to Bismarck Lake, and we were the only ones there. We got out on the water. It was a beautiful morning. It was a little crisp, but not too cold, not too hot, kind of like a Goldilocks time. And there was no wind. And so the, the, gra- the, the, uh, the water was like glass. And when we think of still waters, that's what comes to mind for me. And, and as the sun came up over the hills surrounding this little valley where Bismarck Lake is, and uh, you could just see that the hills reflected off of that glass-like surface. And we started casting our flies into the water, and we were pulling in fish after fish after fish. And uh, it was so peaceful, though, to be there with my dad, with God, in this beautiful place, in such a peaceful, still water area. These are the things that come to mind for me when I think of our good shepherd bringing us to lay down among the green pastures and beside the still waters. And, and for you, different images might come to mind based on your own life experiences. You know, what, what are those still waters and green pastures for you? And whatever they are, these images are really meant to bring to the fore feelings of peace and safety, and comfort, with no worries. And I kind of imagine this being, you know, like what heaven must be like, even though our scriptures really don't give us a very good description of what heaven will be like, but I imagine it just like that, peace, and love, and safety, and no more worries that we face in this life. And these images and experiences are especially precious when you consider that that's not always the world we live in. We catch glimpses now and then, of course, of these green pastures and still waters, but, but it's kind of become a cliche, but if you just turn on the news, you know that that is not the world we live in all the time. Right? It seems there's always some sort of a mass shooting Somewhere, making us wonder whether or not we can be safe anywhere. Our our healthcare systems is in shambles. Our immigration system is broken, and and most of us in the United States are in debt up to our eyeballs, worrying whether or not we can pay the bills this month. I read one article that suggested nearly fifty percent of Americans rely on credit to get by every month to pay for the essentials like food and bills. Half, half of us. It's hard to feel peaceful and safe and worry-free when all this is going on. But this is what we deal with every single day. And because the world is like this, we long for anything that will bring us relief from these stressors and lack of safety. And so we turn to anything that will bring us an escape. 
We begin to look for those green pastures and still waters and not always the best places. For some of us, we turn to drugs or alcohol to escape the pressures of this world. For others, it's sex or gambling. And for others, yet it's maybe food or shopping. And I'll admit that uh, I have fallen prey to the whole food thing. I'm trying to get better about that. But, um, but you do, you get that, you, you take that piece of that, that wonderful Girl Scout cookie that I bought yesterday <laughs> at the home show, the lemon, wonderful lemon frosted cookie, and you put that in your mouth and you chew on that, you feel good in that moment. I'll admit that I don't feel real great this morning after eating a box of those last night. <laughs> but in the moment, you feel pretty darn good. But we do, we, we turn to those types of things, don't we? I think a lot of us like think that we can solve some of our stressors by, by if we just work hard enough or work, work longer hours or, or we can find that job that just pays us a little bit more. You know, we never seem to be satisfied with those things or, or we fill our, our days with so many activities that in the hopes that maybe we'll be so full of things to do that we won't think about the struggles and the stressors that we have to face. We always seem to have this tendency to search and long for those green pastures and still waters on the other side of the fence, thinking that if we can just go over that, over to that pasture to see that green grass or to drink those clearer waters, then, then maybe, maybe things will be better because it's a lot less polluted than where we're at right now. I mean, isn't that saying supposed to be true? It's always greener on the other side. Of course, if we stop to think about this for any length of time, it's easy to see that it's not always greener on the other side. You typically change, trade one thing for another problem. Oftentimes we find that the beautiful green grass on the other side of that fence is actually artificial turf. Or... Maybe it's been spray-painted green. You've seen some of those, right, where they spray-paint their grass rather than water it. Or or so full of chemicals that it's ultimately unhealthy for you. It may be green, but you can't eat it. Macy Gray writes, Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. Well, I paid a visit, but it's possible I missed it. Debbie Maycomer writes, if the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you can bet the water bill is higher too. (laughs) It's much easier to look over on the other side of the fence for greener pastures and clearer waters because it means that you don't have to deal with the polluted mess that you find yourself. You don't have to deal with the brown grass where you're currently living. When we pollute the soil of the pastures we live in with alcohol and drugs and gambling and sex and greed and junk food and war and violence and corruption and injustice and long hours in the office, then it's no wonder we're unhealthy spiritually, emotionally, physically. And this is what sin does to us. It pollutes our lives. And even if we do manage to find another pasture that seems to be greener, if we don't change how we're living, we'll only end up polluting the next pasture and the pasture after that. Michael Beckwith writes, 
If the grass is greener somewhere else, start watering your own lawn. Start watering your own lawn. The thing about Psalm 23, verse 2 today, is that it doesn't say God will lead us to new pastures, leaving the old ones behind. In Revelation 21 and 22, where we see this beautiful image of God's new heaven and new earth, it doesn't say that God is taking us to a completely different place. No, Psalm 23, he makes me lie down in green pastures and along still waters. Not he leads me to new pastures and different waters. doesn't say that. In Revelation 21, he's talking about reconciling our current pasture, our current place, making it like new, not, not a completely different place. Revelation 21, chapter, or chapter 21, verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And then in verse 3, look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. Not, not some other place. Here. With us. God, the good shepherd, takes care of his sheep by leading them to proper living in the field that the shepherd already owns. Not in some other place. There is, of course, always that unruly sheep, right, that wants to continue eating the gross grass, regardless of what the shepherd is trying to do. In our reading today from Isaiah, the people of Israel and Judah find themselves in in some really tough pasture. They have been exiled from their homes to a foreign land, the reason for which is complicated, but essentially our scriptures boil it down to one simple fact, that they have quit following their good shepherd, and they have decided to do things their own way. And so they're in the midst of facing the consequences of those choices, the bad, terrible brown, dry grass and the polluted waters of their lives. But despite all of this, In our reading today, God promised to help them return and rebuild, to refurbish the land, to restore them to the lush herd that they once were. Verse 9 says, saying to the prisoners, come out, and to those in darkness, show yourselves. He's saying, I'm going to pull you up out of this horrible place where you find yourselves. I'm going to lead you besides these springs of water. Because the one who has compassion for them will lead them and will guide them by springs of water. God doesn't want to see us having to live in the consequences of our sin forever. He wants to restore us so that we might lie down in green grass and walk beside still waters. He wants us to have peace and safety and comfort because he cares for his sheep. He loves his sheep. And it's hard to find peace when we're too stressed about the brown grass in our lives. So God wants us wants to help us take care of the pastures of our lives by helping us to grow in our relationship with God, by loving God and loving one another and and by doing good deeds. 
He wants to help us water the grass and till the soil to filter the polluted waters of our lives so that we might once again be clear springs and green grass. But of course, try as God might, there's always those stubborn sheep who can't seem to resist the desire to go their own way, which causes Jesus to have to leave the 99 to go after that one. Thankful God goes after the one, because who here hasn't been that one at some point or another? Lent is that season when God, the good shepherd, calls his sheep to follow him towards peace and safety by trusting where he leads, by showing us the things that truly matter in this life, by tilling the soil through love and good deeds and helping us to realize that the only way we can we can find true happiness and contentment is through him, is through God, through his pasture, not on the other side of the fence where the grass may look green but is actually fake, full of injustice and violence and hate and greed and struggles over power and who's most important. But Jesus says that's not the way it's going to be with you. The first will be last and the last will be first. So what kind of sheep do we want to be? The ones who follow where the good shepherd leads to green grass and still waters? Or do we want to be that unruly sheep that tries to continue doing things their own way? To eat the brown grass of their old lives. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. For they listen to my voice. So may we listen to the voice of our Good Shepherd. And so we're going to join together here in just a second uh, by reciting Psalm 23. And each, each Sunday in this series, we're going to say, uh, recite together a different version of Psalm 23. Last week, we looked at the King James Version, which is the most familiar to us uh, who grew up memorizing Psalm 23. Um, but uh, today, we're going to recite together Psalm 23 out of the Common English. Bible translation. And so let us join together. The words are on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table for me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it spills over. Yes, goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. My hope and my prayer is that you were able to hear a word from God for your life through today's message. If you have any questions uh, or comments that you'd like to leave about uh, today's message, I'd love to hear from you. And you can send that to the show email at admin at pastorkurt.com. And I hope you go forth today and throughout this week um, uh, with uh, the light of Christ in your hearts that you might shine it out into the world. And so may you go forth today in peace. Bye.